Attention people who still care. On today's show, the FDIC cracks down on crypto platform Unbanked for making misleading statements about deposit insurance. Strangely enough, Unbanked announced two months ago that they would be shutting down for good. Which begs the question, how tough must the FDIC feel now for standing up to a company that's going out of business? One word, courageous. You are listening to the Crowd Effect Podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, Licensed Investment Advisor at Stakeholder Capital. On August 4th, the FDIC sent out a press release and a cease and desist letter to Unbank's co-founders. In the letter, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, has ordered Unbanked, Inc., a non-bank company that offers crypto-related products and services, to cease and desist from making false and misleading statements about FDIC deposit insurance. The FDIC has asserted that Unbanked had represented on its website, in promotional materials, and on social media platforms that its crypto-related products and services were FDIC-insured. An FDIC-insured account is an account at a bank where deposits are federally protected against bank failure or theft. The FDIC claims that unbanked statements were misleading because they implied that FDIC insurance was available for cryptocurrency and that it would protect against cryptocurrency-related losses. Cryptocurrency and losses due to cryptocurrency investments are obviously not covered by FDIC insurance. The FDIC's order requires Unbanked to immediately correct its false and misleading statements and to take steps to prevent future violations of the law. The order also prohibits Unbanked from using the word FDIC in its name advertisements, or other documents in a way that could mislead consumers about its products and services. Following the FDIC's order will be very simple for Unbanked, being that they have deleted their social media accounts. On their website, there is a banner at the very top saying Unbanked will be winding down, with a link to a statement from Unbanked's co-founders Ian Kane and Daniel Gouldman. The statement, which was issued over two months ago on May 26th, says, and I quote, To state it bluntly, U.S. regulators are actively trying to stop companies, banks and fintechs, from supporting crypto assets, even when the companies are trying to do it correctly and by the book. Their efforts are working and ultimately limited Unbank's ability to raise capital and run a self-sustaining business, unquote. The statement mentions how awesome of a mission that Unbanked had and proved naysayers wrong by integrating 25 companies around the world into their platform. However, they also go on to say that funding was supposed to come through, it never did, and now cannot continue with its operations. Hmm, wouldn't that be proving the naysayers correct? Well, at any rate, 
As the Unbank statement points out that they never received institutional funding and only received funding by bootstrapping and through equity crowdfunding campaigns. All right, there is a lot to unpack here. First off, the obvious. What is the FDIC trying to accomplish by beating a dead horse? The only explanation that makes sense to me is that they are trying to send a message to other crypto-related financial platforms to leave the FDIC's name out of their platforms. However, U.S. regulators have been making it very clear that the United States government does not trust the crypto industry since the collapse of FTX back in November of last year. There have been so many online crypto platforms that have failed since this collapse, too many to count, which makes me wonder, who exactly are they trying to send a message to? There are hardly any uh, crypto platforms left, and the ones that are have been talking about moving overseas and setting up operations outside of U.S. regulations. Secondly, with the failure of Unbanked and the crypto collapse, who got hurt? The little guy. When crypto collapsed at the end of last year, it was the small investor that lost out the most. Unbanked got a large portion of their funding through equity crowdfunding campaigns, which I'm a huge fan of. But the people who invested in Unbanked will lose their entire investment. Again, the small investor loses. Lastly, the entire crypto industry seems to be dying, losing massive momentum. Regular people do not want to get burned again and lose more money in crypto. And U.S. regulators are taking a very tough stance with the crypto industry, making it very unfavorable for crypto-based companies to continue its operations here. However, it doesn't mean that the decentralized finance movement has to die as well. The crypto movement was well-intended, but from my point of view, skipped a very big step. Diluting the concentration of wealth of fiat or traditional money from big banks. If cryptocurrency wants to replace fiat currency, there has to be a place where you can exchange crypto for fiat. And if it looks like crypto will actually replace fiat, then what would stop a big bank from exchanging all their fiat wealth into crypto wealth? How does that decentralize money? Today, just four banks control half of all the banking assets in the United States. These banks are number one, Chase, number two, Bank of America, number three, uh, three, Wells Fargo, and number four, Citigroup. Now, these four banks happen to be some of the most penalized corporations in the United States. So there is the Violation Tracker Project, which has been tracking all corporate fines and settlements since the year 2000, has ranked every single corporation that's operating in the United States uh, according to how penalized they were. At the very top of the list, Bank of America, they have been penalized more than any other corporation out there, 
Uh, $87 billion worth of penalties. Number two, Chase. Number three is British Petroleum, but number four, we're back in there with Wells Fargo. And number five is Citigroup. Now, there is a little bit of uh, changing between Citigroup and Wells Fargo, um, and that's because more penalties are, are coming all the time. Bank of America just got uh, penalized $250 million a few weeks ago. Uh, Chase just settled a big um, Epstein lawsuit uh, uh, you know, last month. It just keeps on happening. Uh, these, these fines and settlements are, are, are just nonstop. So let me put it in perspective at how unethical the, the, these four banks are. So if you combine the penalties of just these four banks, which control half of all the banking assets, they have been penalized more than the pharmaceutical industry, more than the oil and gas industry, more than the chemical industry combined. So this is such a uh, unethical and uh, corrupt um, industry, the financial service industry, that just four banks uh, are getting penalized more than the the second th and third most penalized industries. Uh, this is uh, obviously we have a broken financial system and the crypto movement, it was trying to fix that. Um, uh, however, uh, as I said, it, it skipped a step. So what can be done? How can we dilute the wealth of these four big banks and redistribute that wealth to regular people without using uh, regulations or laws or even government at all? Well, there is a way. And it's through crowd investing. Now, I mentioned equity crowdfunding earlier, but there is another type of crowd uh, investing called crowd lending. Uh, this is when a large group of people um, pool small amounts of money to fund a loan. Uh, now, there's a couple of uh, big advantages of this. Um, first off, uh, instead of a bank issuing the loan uh, and reaping the profits from that loan, well, now regular people can do that. Uh, in 2015, Regulation A plus was passed, and in 2016, Regulation Crowdfunding was passed. Uh, this allowed uh, the general public access to private lending uh, through crowdfunding. And so now, regular people with as little as $10 can um, pool their money into, uh, into fund different loans. Uh, another advantage is that uh, regular people, we now can decide who gets funding and who doesn't. Big banks, they love to finance uh, big um, business ventures and, and large uh, corporations. Uh, and they hate uh, funding small businesses. But with crowd lending, any of us now can uh, fund uh, a loan to a small business and we can mitigate our risk through the crowdfunding uh, process just by putting up a small amount of money. So if you are, um, you have a thousand dollars to invest, you can be uh, diversified into a hundred different loans. I mean, that's bank level diversification right there. Uh, on top of that, 
when a commercial bank issues a, a loan, it creates money. Uh, it's inflationary. Uh, the a big uh, part of the crypto mo movement was is that it's deflationary, only uh, having a certain amount of crypto, and that's it. Well, both of these uh, approaches are horrible for for uh, our, our overall economic health. Uh, on the one side, uh, on the one hand, um, uh, the the commercial banks, you know, they're creating money. See. They're allowed to issue loans based on the deposits of their account holders, but they don't actually use their account holders' money, right? Imagine how you would feel if you, all of a sudden you had no money in your savings account because the bank decided to use it to loan it to somebody. Well, they're legally allowed to create money this way. Uh, and so it's inflationary. Uh, they're creating more money. And people are putting it into their bank accounts when they get the loan, which allows the bank to create even more money. So it's this this process of just constantly creating money. On the downside um, of of the crypto uh, of the deflationary, well, it creates a net uh, net zero uh, outcome. There's only a limited amount of money, so it doesn't allow for economic growth. Um, it, it just has a fixed pie with so many slices, and it, it's going to create a situation where people are fighting over one pie. Well, we do need to have some money creation for the pie to get bigger for regular people to uh, increase their own wealth. Uh, and, and so it, we need to strike a balance. And that's where the beauty of crowd lending comes in. There is no money creation that happens to it. It's a way to stem inflation uh, by uh, issuing these private loans, you know, where you actually have to put up your money. Not uh, there is no um, money creation that's that's going on. So it is uh, it, it, it's able to strike that balance uh, of both. Um, uh, growing the pie, allowing some money to grow, uh, but at the same time stemming inflation through through private lending. Now all of this is, is fine, uh, but what's 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 really needed here also is for just regular people to stop using the big banks uh, and just put your money into a credit union. Now banks, uh, what, the reason why I believe that they're so unethical and and so corrupt is because of this pressure that they feel to constantly raise their, uh, to increase their profits. Uh, it's, it's well known uh, that uh, corporate bottom line plays a, a huge role, if not the primary role in decision-making in, in these corporations. And uh, when you have this pressure to increase your profits um, with these quarterly statements that are released every three months, uh, and when the when the, uh, the quarterly statements are good, oh, you're getting bonuses, high fives. Uh, but when they're bad, executives uh, can be fired by the shareholders they, they, for breaching fiduciary duty. Um, that that's a legal right that they have. So it creates this pressure, and it's inevitable that unethical behavior will will happen. Well, then what happens? Then they get busted by the regulators and they pay a fine, of course, and then new regulations happens, which make it even more expensive to operate their business. So now they have to get creative in finding ways to increase profits. So what happens? Well, you can see what's happening now. All these uh, horrible fees 
uh, double dipping on on fees, uh, strange uh, overdraft um, uh, fees, going into see a teller fee, all you know all the ATM fees. They they're just getting creative uh, with with these fees, which is just abusing its customers. With a credit union, there isn't that abuse because they're nonprofit and they offer the same exact services uh, except for a lot cheaper because when they uh, have revenue above their expenses, they pump it right back into the credit union offering wonderful uh, services for free, often you know, financial education, a lower uh, interest rates on loans, higher interest rates on savings accounts. It's a whole host of wonderful things. So crowd lending, credit unions, this is the way we can decentralize finance, not through the crypto. This is, that's next step. First, we got to do this. Then we got to do crypto. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to discover the three secret steps to fix our broken financial system democratically without confrontation or divisive political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.